This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 415. Corey Gordon on trusting yourself. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Now, I've got to tell you how massively excited I am for you to listen to this conversation with Corey Gordon, who I would imagine for the majority of you out there may be a relatively new name that I first got to know Corey as she signed up for the Work Smart Hypnosis live and online training. And there's a specific experience that occurred during this event that is 100% the reason why I invited her to be a guest on this program almost to the point that she thought it wasn't legitimate and thought it was some sort of scammer, to which I'd say if someone was trying to scam people by making them believe they were on this podcast, there's probably better ways you can go about doing that. Am I right? So back to Corey, though. Uh, This comes around to the situation that it's a quote that I've come to love, that you cannot always make the decision to be the smartest person in the room, but you can make the decision to become the best student in the room. And I'd kind of illustrate this from the angle that there's sort of two camps that people can fit into. One would be, let me throw myself into this event. Let me make use of all the resources and all the education. And then along the way, I will then make assessments as I put it into practice. That's category number one. And not to give too much away, that's the better category. The other category is what I've come to lovingly, if not cynically, refer to as the course junkie syndrome, which is I'm going to kind of sit back. I'm going to observe everything passively, and then I'm going to watch as much as I can, implement absolutely nothing, and then at the final end of it, I will then make the decision as to whether or not I'm going to make use of this. To which, um, here's the preview, no surprises here. They then move on to another course, and they never implement anything. I'm going to say this directly. Who of you out there are the ones that have been kind of chasing that one more certificate, one more thing, one more specialty, and moving from training to training without really implementing anything? And I respectfully call myself out for being kind of on this camp at times over the years, to the point that on my desk right now here in my home office, there's a book that I did read like three years ago, but the difference is now I'm going through it again and there's a giant pile of post-its attached to it. There's a Word document as I'm only moving from one chapter to the next as I truly make use of the implementation. Well, you're gonna hear the story inside of this conversation with Corey where basically, I think it might've been from either week number one to week number two or two to three of the event that if you're not familiar with how we run the Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online training, Yes, it's a hypnosis certification event for those that are seeking certification, yet the way that, and you can see the full video tour of this over at worksmarthypnosislive.com, the way that we run the event is that by structure of how I've got a co-host with Dr. Richard Nongard, half of the people tend to be brand new to hypnosis and like this is the very first training they're officially doing. The other half are people like Corey who have done other training, have gone through other courses, And it's not necessarily that, oh, the other one was bad and I need something better. It's that, well, sharpening the skills, becoming more flexible in their abilities. So again, part two of Back to Corey, between, I think it was week number two and week number three, 
She posted over in the Work Smart Hypnosis community, the free group that we run over on Facebook, this wonderful story of crashing and burning during a session, which the short version of it was, it's someone who she had worked with multiple times before, who was kind of more used to, and let's use the word conditioned, for a more relaxation-based approach, which is not neither a good thing or a bad thing. It's just one approach within the toolbox. And suddenly was then making use of my style and my approach specifically around a Dave Alman induction. And basically, if I could paraphrase it, it really just came around to from the expectation of I'm going to turn into, this is my technical term, yogurt splattered in the chair, hopefully absorbing the hypnotic process. That's my read, that's not Corey's, uh, suddenly could not really get compliance in the session. And as you might expect, this turned into this dialogue as others began to chime in, the majority of them extremely positive. Hey, good on you for diving in. Good for you for working in new material. Here's some advice on how to sort of blend in new techniques and maybe here's something to be aware of if it's a client you're already working with and how to begin to adapt that style over time. And as you might expect, oh, Facebook, oh, social media, the Wild West, the usual suspects swooped in and tried to turn it into the typical dialogue as to, uh, oh, it's a poor quote to your training. Oh, you need better education. And I'm sure we're then DMing offers privately, and we need to kick those um, people out of the group because... Um, it's bad that I can say this, and half of you already know exactly who I'm referring to here. Back to all positivity. Hey, we help people. Uh, but it's really the follow-up story of then diving back in again and putting the work into use. And it's going to be of no surprise when you hear more of Corey's background that from a very diverse background, working as a mortgage specialist, going to college and getting a major in psychology and a minor in business, Probably should have done that myself rather than the theater thing, but still, no regrets. It's then from that journey how she, through a series of life events, fell into coaching, then discovered hypnosis, then discovered Reiki, and runs a thriving practice up in Canada, is making some major transitions within her business, and really at its core, it's that topic of, and this is the title that uh, Corey gave this episode herself when I prompted her, which was that of trusting yourself. It's my little bit of a rant on all things imposter syndrome that if nobody ever put these words together, you would have never stepped into this belief system that here's this collective energy that's convincing you that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, and doggone it, people don't like you. No, instead, it's when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. And in that moment of putting up the post, not just the follow-up that then became the victory story of, hey, I did it. And hey, crap actually worked this time. Even before I had made that decision to go, we need to tell this story and so happy for you to hear this, especially in terms of the approach that Corey has put together where it's not just the menu of here's all the different wellness modalities, here's the specific things, which ones do you want? But truly that refocusing of how she is the expert providing these services and she's someone who I know you're gonna hear quite a bit of in many years to come. This is episode number 415 of the podcast, which by the way, uh, this is coming out on Thursday, June 29th, and uh, this past Sunday, 
June 20, what was it? Fifth, yes, was officially nine years of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. Yay, we've done this for quite a while. You can find the details of this week's episode, as well as exactly how to connect with Corey, over on the show notes page. It's a simple redirect website, worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 415. That will bring you over to the details of this week's episode. And with that, let's dive officially in. Here we go. This is session number 415, Corey Gordon on Trusting Yourself. Oh God, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Typically, I'm a very black and white logical person. So natural energies, natural wellness is a stretch for me. Mm -hmm. But I was at a pretty dark place in my life. And this opportunity just kept coming up at me. And I finally just agreed to it. So uh, she'd get off my back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was Reiki was the modality that she was pushing me into. And I went and I said, so this isn't going to work because I don't believe in it. And she said, no, no, it will work. And it did. So then I started taking courses because I always set out to prove something doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Because I can't understand it. And with my center, everything that I offer is now things that I have tried going into it thinking that they didn't work and setting out to prove that they don't work and failed every time. Uh, So that's basically how I kind of started that journey was I was introduced to Reiki and then started researching and exploring and educating myself on the different things out there and started to see how they could help people. Let's go back to Reiki for a moment. And I'm sure a lot of the same principles can be applied to the other modalities that are now part of what you do, which I'm sure we're going to get into in this chat. Yeah. If you kind of had to fill in the blanks before I thought it was this, and then I soon realized it was that, like, what's the way that you can sort of describe it differently that now aligns with your approach to the world? Yeah. So I initially thought it was woo-woo, voodoo stuff that like was just too extreme out there and um, no basis to it. And then when I experienced it and the results I was seeing for myself started making me think that there maybe was something to it. So now I literally see it as a very gentle, calming therapy that can heal physically and emotionally and mentally on so many levels. Is there a specific aspect of it that you weren't yet aware of or weren't yet sort of putting the focus on that made that epiphany change? To begin with, I had never heard of Reiki when it first introduced me. (laughs) I've tried that before. It's too spicy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I started using it on myself more and more so I could see the results for myself. Yeah. And yeah, from it started out helping me from the emotional aspect, but I quickly started using it for the physical aspect as well. And when you can heal frozen shoulder in three months, when it typically supposed to take up to a year, um, that was an eye opener for me to see. And just watching my clients leave the office after a session, a totally different person than when they came in. I'll often have to give a playful disclaimer to some of the statements that I'll Making yeah. different workshops or classes, which the disclaimer is 
Corey just went through our Work Smart Hypnosis Live training, so this is not the sales pitch. However, it's an interesting story of on the hypnosis side of things, someone this had to have been 2017 or 2018, that they found the website, they called up. This is back when it was an in-person event in Virginia. And it just took this one statement of, well, you know, I'm really fascinated by it. I know it's helped some people, but just the problem is there's no research that backs it up. And I go, oh, are you near a computer? Yeah. Okay. Scholar.google.com. Let's do this in real time. Type in the word hypnosis, hit search. How many results at the time? It was like 40,000. I go, those are all studies pointing to the efficacy of hypnosis. Now type in hypnotherapy. Okay. Slightly different number, but still same category. Now type in hypnosis and, and like, what would be your passion? She goes, oh, I'm a personal trainer and I want to get into having more strategies for weight loss. I go, oh, type in hypnosis and weight loss. And you see the first research study? She goes, yeah. I go, that's the one that I always quote that here was a study where everybody was given a program and then half the people were using hypnotism to motivate the program. And that group lost nearly three times the amount of weight. And she pauses and goes, okay, so my visa is four, eight, one. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, you try not to solve something that quickly with Google. And it's like, as I, as I speak to business audiences nowadays, you know, anyone out there, feel free to either steal or let's use hypnotic terms, model this one, that the conversation around belief and hypnosis is now something that dating back to research in the 70s and 80s, even earlier research, here's the neuroscience that backs up what it is and how it works and why it works. Here's the tens of thousands of studies that prove its efficacy. And if anybody's listening with small children around, I'll give you a moment to pause and maybe skip. There was your warning. This ain't Santa Claus. Belief <laughs> is no longer part of the conversation. Or then again, I go to James Hazelrig, who one time said, it's okay, though. It believes in you. <laughs> so it was the journey then going specifically into Reiki or did you start to, because you're someone who's rather integrated with other approaches, did it stop there or what was the next step? No. So took the courses with Reiki, learned everything I could with it. I was using it on myself. Wasn't brave enough to let anybody else know that I knew how to do it. So yep. I wasn't putting <laughs> it out there. And then somebody came to me and you need to, was starting to bother me about, well, you've got to start learning how to do access bars. I, again, never heard of access bars. Did some research online and thought, mm, yeah, no, this sounds wonky. Thought, no, I'll take the courses so I can prove that it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, was wrong. And I just started getting to the point where I really enjoyed learning about these things and challenging them and trying to figure them all out. And then because I was at the point in my life I was and was struggling personally, I was doing a lot of counseling at that point. And counseling had taken me from point A to point B, but I wanted to be at point C. So I started researching, trying to figure out what I could do over and above the counseling to get me to where I wanted to be. And life coaching kept coming up. So I started researching that. There were no life coaches in the area that I live at at the time. So I'll just take all the courses so I can learn what I need for me. And that's what I ended up doing. And eventually I got brave enough to start telling people that I knew how to do Reiki and access bars and that I did life coaching. 
And it just kind of started growing on its own. I was doing it part-time alongside of a full-time job. And it got to the point just where I was really enjoying doing these things and wanted to build it into a business that I could do full-time. Wasn't convinced I'd get enough clientele on the services I offered at that point or had available. So started researching and looking into what else I could do. And that's when the float therapy and the halo therapy and the other services started to come up. So, so far, just to track this for the audience, many mm -hmm. of the people listening would be familiar with Reiki, with perhaps access bars, definitely with life coaching for the halo, for the float. Can you give us sort of crash course of what that is? Sure. Yeah. Float therapy is you're floating in about 10 inches of water with over a thousand pounds of Epsom salts dissolved in there. So there's no effort to floating and the water skin temperature. So once you're in floating, you can't really tell where the water starts or stops. So it's a restricted environment type thing where it's soundproof. Um, you're just told your system is shutting right down and disconnected from everything. There's physical benefits as far as any aches and pains, joint issues, reducing inflammation, anything from fibro fibromyalgia to arthritis. And then from the emotional and mental perspective, it's very good for reducing stress and anxiety, PTSD symptoms, and improving sleep. The halo therapy, it's a dry salt therapy that focuses on respiratory ailments. So you sit in a room and breathe in finely ground up dry salt particles and that goes down into the respiratory tract, cleans out bacteria and allergens, breaks up mucus and just does a over, really good overhaul cleaning of the respiratory system. It's very good for improving immunity and it can also help with skin conditions. That's fascinating and you've got a local business where you offer this, yes? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So then out of curiosity, what was the career path before? I come from a world of finance, so I was a credit manager uh, for a corporation for a number of years, and prior to that, I was doing consumer lending, mortgages, and which, of course, is the standard prerequisite for energy healing as well. Mm -hmm. as yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally different. Uh, yeah, it was a leap of faith, running from five weeks paid holidays and benefits and pension and all of that to not knowing whether or not anybody was going to come through your front door. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went through the class with, co-trained that now with Richard Nongard, or to correct it, Dr. Richard Nongard, who's a few months away from getting doctorate number two. Oh, wow. And it's only out of the tradition of the timing of the course that, you know, he does his intro and here was the history of the marriage and family therapist. Here's where he's now a few steps away from the doctorate in psychology. And then I go and it's the, I was a theater major. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I will still maintain the fact that the guy who was at one point a bartender then became a barber, you may have your certificate now, uh, <laughs> is the firm opinion at times. So then along this journey, how was it a span of time that, and this is something, this is part of why I invited you on, getting to know you throughout the event, that here's the Reiki that appeared first, then, and I may have the order slightly askew of the access bars, then the coaching, then the float. Was there a window of time where then you were established in that, then starting the hypnosis? Or was that, yeah, talk us through that. Yeah, so I was doing life coaching and I had a couple of clients along the way that just seemed to get stuck. 
and we couldn't kind of break through what was holding them in place. And so again, I went back to Google and started researching <laughs> and trying to figure out alternatives that could be a benefit to the life coaching and an add-on kind of thing. Hypnosis came up. But the coolest thing of this part of the story to me is I was working with one of my life coaching clients. She was stuck, could not get past whatever was holding her back. And this is before I had done anything with hypnosis or even researched it. And I just said to her, you know, just close your eyes and see yourself walking down a path and there's rocks ahead of you. And as you're walking, the rocks are getting bigger and bigger until you get to a point where there's a rock that's blocking your path. And I said, when you get to that, just let me know. So then when she got there, I said, okay, now just walk around to the other side of the rock and you'll see a smaller version of yourself. Maybe that little girl is two, maybe she's five. What is that little girl telling you? I'm sitting there in my head thinking, what the for you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where this is coming from, what they're doing. And she's crying and came down to, she had guilt over her brother's death from when she was a little girl. And it was incredible to me that this came up and I didn't know how I did it or why I did it. It just was something that came from nowhere. And so then when I started researching and hypnosis came up and I'm reading about it, I'm thinking, oh, my God, that was kind of like hypnosis where I just thought I was, I don't even know what I thought I was doing. But so then I was intrigued with that and I thought, well, I'll start looking into it. And then I took the course and got the basis of what I needed to start doing hypnosis, but I didn't feel like I had enough to be confident enough in knowing that I could help the clients to the degree that was possible. So started looking at options for different courses and had looked at what you offer and a couple of other well-known names um, and kept getting pulled back to what your information was saying. But then I really struggled with, I'd put all this money out for my first round of training and thinking, oh my God, am I going to put out thousands of dollars more only to be in the same place I am right now? So it took me a while to take the leap and do it. That That's one of those aspects that there's, and granted, this is not always the right option for everybody. Though it's something that I don't tend to tell the entire story around, which it's easier now because I'm a home-based office. Everything is online. When I was in Virginia, you had this long hallway in the main sort of stretch in the office that I was in the longest. And I mean, let's just call it out. That was the wall candy hallway. And I had someone who was like, why are they all from the same two years? These are all 2008, yeah. 2009. It's like, well, you know, my wife and I were planning on growing the family. And we kind of had this unofficial window of time to go, that's when we're officially going to then start trying and satisfied the one goal she had, which was I will never be pregnant in the summer, both kids <laughs> born in April. There we go. And it's where it became, okay, so I kind of crafted this like five or six year plan and it turned into, oh, if I'm going to do this, I should probably do it now. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's also where we're eventually going to start this up in Florida again. Not again. We're going to do it here that in Virginia, I was hosting a bunch of guest training events. Why? Because that way I could bring them all to me and then just happen to, you know, sell 30 seats to people in the local area, which was a win-win for everybody. Yet it's, I would say, the reason why I saw the success I did in the early years, the reason why there's this level of, and I never use this with any arrogance, but the sort of branding of unstoppable confidence comes around to the willingness to learn from people who had different ways of reaching the same common goals. And not necessarily that, oh, this is the bad way, this is the good way. And even though, yeah, I can be critical of some of the stuff that's out there that hits this absolutism, this is the only way to do it. The reality becomes that I'll still point to their trainings, you know, maybe just don't drink the Kool-Aid at this part of the class, <laughs> that this is the only way. It's like, yeah, but they teach the individual methods exceptionally well. So good on them for that. And you never know what's going to resonate with you, right? The way somebody says something or the way they present it and teach it. You may take something completely different away from one person's message than the other. Or I probably shouldn't get specific, so I won't say the people's names in this anecdote. The one of them was Ron Esslinger, the other one was Michael Elner. <laughs> and I'd learned hypnotic pain relief from the two of them back around 2009-2010. And they both had their very different ways of doing things. And then here came the client for something medically related, and it was the Michael Elner model that was the right fit for this one. Right. Yeah. It was the Ron Esslinger model for that one. And that revisiting, and it's where, you know, if it's <laughs> fitting within the budget, the timing of everything, it's why there's a conference that we used to go to in Daytona Beach, which is part of why we moved to Florida, actually. It's like, oh, we like that area. Let's go there. And the family walking through the convention center is the only one they come with me to. And it was, you're never at your table. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a workshop on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you teach that? Yeah, but if they have like one good thing that I can use, that's going to yeah, be right. great. And that's something that I saw, you know, in, in, in you. So let me ask you from this angle then, what is it that you saw the hypnosis could do either differently or complement on top of what you already were established doing? Well, the initial training that I had taken, I just felt when I left the course, I panicked. And this is me not having a whole lot of trust in myself to take what I'd learned and just start working with it. And I was very terrified that I would mess somebody up if I did it wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Just so we could hit it now, that was the before, what's the after now? <laughs> so I got stuck in the script method, right? Yeah. I would just, I would, I would not do a session with a client unless I had a script and I'd be literally sitting in a session with a client reading verbatim from the script that I'd taken off of one of the websites and be sitting there in my head thinking, well, this doesn't even relate to this person. This is ridiculous. Why are you even saying this? But too terrified to change anything, right? So after taking your course, and within the first, I'm going to say 20 minutes, and I can't even remember what it was, but it was something that you said, and it was along the lines of, you can't mess people up. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that just kind of gave me the freedom to think, okay, it's okay if I 
don't rely on a script or if I do rely on a script and change it to the client. It's only a mistake if you say whoops. Yeah. If you screw something up, the benefit is most of our clients have never done hypnosis before, let alone done hypnosis with us. So anyone out there, this probably shouldn't be the incredible big offer and hook that we give for the trainings that we do or anyone else's really, which would be that um, you could make it all up and tell your client that was hypnosis. I mean, Corey, <laughs> you did that. <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So then kind of walk us through just in terms of like current state of things that you've got this physical location. There's other services that are provided as a part of that. Yeah. And how quickly did you start to bring the hypnosis into those services? Immediately. As soon as I was done the court, the first course that I took, I immediately put it out there. And I'd also been dropping hints while I was in like taking the course to some of my clientele that this was coming. So there was some interest already generated. And so, yeah, I just kind of jumped in as soon as I was done the course, because if I hadn't, have, I, I wouldn't have done anything with it and ended up getting some clients from it. And then it just kind of was building through referral and people talking about it. And with this course, I've literally not done anything with hypnosis as far as promoting it while I was in this course because I wanted to be all in focused on it and it's been interesting because I I wasn't promoting it and I wasn't getting any clientele but the two weeks last two weeks of the course people started phoning just out of the blue and and they're inquiring about hypnosis for issues that I'm wanting to start kind of niching, niching. <laughs> Specialty has become our new word. <laughs> Helen wires on the podcast around the time we, we record these well in advance. They all release on schedule and she's over in the UK. She's like, well, over here we say niche. I go specialty. Can we agree <laughs> on that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's starting. I can see the momentum starting and yeah, it's been good. Nice. Nice. So I've got to read something I've got here that just behind the scenes, when we invite someone onto the podcast, there's a couple of forms that they fill out, which is our new secret because it used to be, hey, we're releasing tomorrow. I don't have your photo yet for the graphic designer. And now we get all that before and then drop you on a calendar page. But I've got to read one of the prompts that I asked just for my prep is please share anything in advance you'd like me to highlight as part of our conversation. And I just need to read yours verbatim here. I'm curious as to how you've included me in this process of selection and if it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, I teased when we started to go, um, if that was the version of the scamming, the scammers <laughs> need to get more creative. At least ask for a credit card, you know, right? Or click this link. But I, I point that out because actually it was something that happened in between classes two and three that immediately was like, she's coming on the podcast. Yeah, really? it was like, let the class wrap up first. We scheduled this and here we are today, the day after, which was here was a new technique and you put it into use right away. And that, oh, you just heard Corey share. I'm just going to let you take it from here because you can tell it better. Yeah, so... I was still seeing the odd client while I was taking this course, and it was clients that I'd been seeing prior to the start of this course. So I was all excited after one of the course days with you and thought, oh, I'm going to implement these techniques right away. So I 
put my session together and had all my notes ready and I go into the client session and she'd had five previous sessions with me up until this point. I'm all excited and I sit down and I'm doing my thing and I'm right into it and she's not responding to any of it. Like it was just like I had never taken a course in my life and I was getting more and more discouraged as the session went on and at the end of the session I could tell she was kind of off and not really happy with (laughs) where things had gone and so I went home that night and I posted on the Facebook group something about feeling oh I totally bombed I think or something like that (laughs) and explained the situation and then through you your comment and that realizing I had gone from doing progressive muscle relaxation all of the time where most of the time I was convinced that I'd board the client into sleep instead of hypnosis um, and not clear as to whether or not they were still with me in the session to doing a technique where you've got them involved and engaging and responding and learning how to calibrate the client. So It was a new experience for me, but it was also a new experience for her. And that's not what she was expecting. She was expecting to be able to sit back, relax, and just listen and completely zone out, basically. Well, it's where, you know, that was an interesting moment, which happened in the public WorkSmart hypnosis community. And as you might expect, there was a mixture of responses of several people going, Awesome. You just dove in and you started doing it. That's incredible. We love that. And then there were the usual suspects. Yeah, you know who they are, too, who like to swoop in and say it's because you weren't trained properly. And we're like one step away from kicking those. um, Let me use some branding from the other company, those douche canoes out of our our, our (laughs) groups, because, hey, we're nice to each other around here. But then also, it's kind of what you said, too. And this was the point that I shared. And I'll throw myself under the bus with an anecdote on this, which was... You know, we we don't want to change everything right away. And there is something to be said about the conditioning of what the experience ought to be. And there's a longer story around this thing that happened on a podcast. Pete Holmes is a comedian who had a podcast for a while, had a talk show. He was the E-Trade baby. If you remember those commercials, he was the voice. And he had Judd Apatow, the comedian, writer, director, the guy who's responsible for basically every comedy movie that's been done in the last 15 years. And suddenly the conversation shifted to how they both had been clients of different hypnotists. If you can track down the Pete Holmes podcast episode with Russell Brand, he tells the story of, well, I was trying to get over this breakup, cough, cough, Katy Perry, cough, cough, Dan, it's cold. And it was actually Paul McKenna that he worked with. Now, he didn't say her name on the episode, yet he goes, yeah, I thought the whole thing was really strange. At one point, he had me imagine her head was on the body of a dog, which was stupid, but you know what? I'm over it now. So I guess I guess it worked. <laughs> and there's some places where this person in the internet, inter- entertainment space has said nice things about what we do. And the whole reason I give that whole setup here was I forget the sequencing of it that... Um, One of them goes, oh, my hypnotist has me talk during the session. Oh, mine just kind of monologues at me. And take note, this is not Jason Lynette going, here's why that one's bad and this one's good. No, it's that they were both raving fans of it. 
And okay, now the eight second version. I cornered Pete Holmes when I saw him live to say, I heard what the interview you did. And I know Judd Apatow is going to be at this comedy club in three weeks. We've got tickets. I'm not asking for an intro. Just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing. We are now front row watching Judd Apatow. And at one point he points down and goes, you're the hypno guy Pete told me about, right? <laughs> and there was my two seconds. <laughs> Back to, yeah. So when we did the hypnobirthing program, we had the classic hypnobirthing story of here's how the first one went with our daughter. Oh, the next time it's going to be different. So with our son, I went through the hypnobirthing training first, then also realized, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to teach this and also work with my wife at the same time. So we found someone in the local area who was exceptional, went through her training and also hired her on as a doula. The catch is I'm there doing the practice sessions with Michelle. And she's like, you added that, didn't you? Yeah. She goes, just do the stuff in the book. I go, I know, I know other cool tricks. <laughs> There's a part two of that story though, too, right? Yes. So the next day I had a new client and I thought, well, I'll just go back and try it again and see what happens with somebody that I haven't been working with and did the whole thing again used the techniques that I'd learned through your course and whole different experience. The individual left feeling like there was a huge accomplishment and a huge shift. And he came back for the rest of his sessions and I kept using your techniques and it was a very successful journey with that individual. So from that, I took away that, yeah, you, it's wise to jump in and start using what you're learning, but to if you've already been working with somebody in one way, maybe do it a little bit slower. <laughs> There's something to be said about, I mean, let's just use the word conditioning. Yeah. You know, in hypnosis, we can say it's anchoring. We could also go back to Pavlov and the dogs, and he called that classical conditioning. We would look at that and say, oh, he was anchoring a sound effect. And it's that the client has an expectation. You know, it's the thing that is not original to me, I've got my own little unique spin on doing the whole, over the next few days, longer if you like, the color red's going to stand out. And it was the one time where the client goes, you forgot to do the red thing in this appointment. <laughs> to which I only ever would typically use that the first time and just, I'm like, well, came in with a different set of issues, so I used different techniques. It's where if you, well, let's go back to the comedy example. You go to see one of these comedians perform, and suddenly they pull out a trumpet and they do a 45-minute concert. That's not what you were expecting. Right. <laughs> so I kind of find that if we are going to use, I'm a big fan of an you know interactive style. To give credit to a fancy name, Jeffrey Ronning was a stage hypnotist who basically took his spin on a Dave Elman induction, partnered with stuff that he learned from Jerry Kine. And he wasn't trying to then present it as something unique and original and brand new, but just his spin on a classic technique. Jeff was spelled with a G, Jeffrey, Kine with a K, E, Elman. And he goes, it's the EKG induction, <laughs> which I thought that's just the perfect, you know, either metaphor or nickname because you're getting this feedback at all times. And... For the person who goes, what if my client falls asleep? Well, when you see the way that I do it, good luck falling asleep. Yeah, well, and that's one of the things I like about it. It's also that, like you mentioned, and again, back to some of the things we talked about earlier, 
that depending on the client, mm -hmm. here's the one that let's just get them profoundly deep and harness that relaxation. And that's going to be the right approach. So then kind of walk me through then like the sort of shape of things. Are you looking to have the hypnosis fully dialed in with the other specialties or what's kind of, what's this world that's now developing for you? Ultimately, I'd like to, with the way the center is right now, I've got staff that can keep it open and do the daily responsibilities. But so I would like to step fully into the hypnosis and be doing that on a full-time basis online and growing it alongside of the wellness center. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So then in this journey so far, has there been like a very specific category you're more interested in working on or what's been that focus? In the beginning, my focus was I wanted to help high trauma clients. Just this week, I've come to the conclusion that I do not want to work with high trauma. And I'm switching up and I my true focus, I think, is anxiety and weight loss. What I really enjoyed about this is people often are coming into this world of hypnosis from many different angles. And this perspective that, you know, out of credit and other things in the corporate space, life really becomes what we make of it. Mm -hmm. And to be able to look at an experience and go, oh, here's something I might be interested in. And I would just love to spend a moment on anything we can sort of together psychoanalyze on this pattern of... I don't think it works. Let me learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because I'm such an analytical black and white person, I have to be able to see things, touch things, understand how it works. Right. So when you're approached about energy therapy, and that's something that you can't see, <laughs> most people can't, some can, but, and you typically, they don't feel it or recognize the feel of it in the beginning. It's really hard to have any trust, faith, or belief in it. So for me, I, I immediately go to, well, let me learn about this so I can, in my way of thinking, prove it doesn't work. <laughs> and going into it, trying to find as much information and learn as much as I can from all aspects so that I can make an informed decision for myself. Because there's this information out there for both sides, right? Multiple sides of everything. And just like the comments on my post, some people um, thought it was great. Some had some negative feedback and were the absolutes. Um, I always believe there's validity to all sides and it's picking what works best for you in that moment and what you think you can take and help others with to the best of your ability. Love that. There's a final thing I'd love to chat on, which is it's a theme that's been in this conversation of kind of taking that leap, going in a new direction, that when you kind of look at it from this angle of trusting yourself to move forward on something, mm. trusting yourself to go in a new direction. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, it's scary as hell. For me, my journey has been getting clear on who I am and who I want to be and what that looks like. And 
processing and releasing all of the experiences I've had in the past that have prevented me from trusting myself and just keep putting one foot in front of the other, being open to learning, to exploring and changing. And that's where the trust, I think, comes in because the more more you do it, the more growth you see and change. So that's building that platform for that. Expertly delivering a covert language pattern there, by the way. Oh, wow. Thank you. (laughs) Well, just the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. No, I share just personally, my side of that is here are things that I'd catch myself going, I'm not good at. Oh, that's a technique that doesn't work on me. And it became putting myself in the situation where I had to figure it out. And like one story of this was, and what the technique was really doesn't matter for this reference. Yet it was like in March and I caught myself saying, yeah, but that's a technique that doesn't work on me. And then I announced it was, you know, granted it was for a free meetup. So it was a bit lower stress. And it was the announcement that I'm going to teach how to use this technique as a self-hypnosis strategy, which turned into my head going, I got eight months to figure this thing out. And not to try to level it up, the dialogue becomes the, how do I become world-class at this? How do I build an expertise in this and really know the ins and outs of it? And that's one of those things that I'll say by stepping into a training role at times, it really forces you to rethink everything that you do. And, you know, you saw this where people go, oh, in one of the videos you were doing this. Oh yeah, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because it's not necessary. Yeah. I actually called you on that. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) It's the wonderful journey of um, we should not be held accountable for the decisions we made YouTube videos from 10 years ago. Yeah. Did the best we had to work with at the time. Strongly argue it until presented with better ideas. This has been an awesome conversation, especially, again, for those that, you know, are already established, perhaps, and looking at bringing on more skills for those that are curious and moving forward that... We can be the person off to the sidelines pointing and saying, that doesn't work, that's not a thing, yet to step inside of it really changes it. And this was not planned, but the um, the loving jabs to some of our peers who swooped into that dialogue in that group to go, oh, that's here's what's wrong. Oh, that's not hypnosis. Like, well, here's all the data that says it also is. And guess what? You're both right. And relax be nice to each other. Where can people find you? How can they get in contact with you? My email is info at floataway.ca. And my website is floataway.ca. Awesome. Great. And we'll put that, of course, over in the show notes for everything over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Hang on a quick moment because I had it in front of me so I can speak more intelligently here, which is, of course, this is the episode 415. So you had that planned. And (laughs) so if you want to check out the show notes and find some of the references to things that Corey and I have spoken about, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 415. That will bring you directly over to the resources and everything for this episode. Though, again, thank you so much for sharing this time with us and bringing us on this journey. Before we wrap up, anything else to share? Any sort of words of wisdom for the people out there, no matter where they are in their hypnotic journeys? I guess I'd just like to say knowledge is power and to continue having an open mind and exploring what's out there and trying the different things and you'll eventually find what resonates with you to start you on your new journey. 
Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, reaching out to our phenomenal guests, as well as leaving your reviews online and sharing this in your ongoing hypnotic conversations. You can find the details of this week's episode over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 415. That's where you can see exactly how to connect with Corey. And if you'd like to level up your hypnotic business and your hypnotic skills, I'll give you two links to go and explore while you're on the web. One I've already mentioned, which is WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. This is the live and online hybrid training that brings together two instructors that, first of all, it may be the class with the more appropriate asides and uh, stories about dogs, as well as truly helping you to level up your confidence and your success with your clients. I mean, there's a unique selling proposition, but simply head over to WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. Com. That's where you can see the details of the upcoming events that we do together, as well as there's no need to try to reinvent the wheel. Guessing is about one of the dangerous things you can do inside of your hypnotic business. So also check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. It's the all-access pass to my hypnosis business training library. Check it out right now at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.